0: Coming up in this week's show, in a special episode this week, I'm going to be revealing the details of the top-secret fiction project I've been running since February of this year. I'll tell you how I've managed to accrue over 1.8 million page reads in the 31 days of March. I'll be explaining how I've just had my first ever five-figure sales month, and that's without having to rely on a BookBub featured deal. I also hit the top 15 of all paid books in Amazon UK during March, and I've been rubbing shoulders with Lee Child, J.K. Rowling, David Baldacci, David uh, Walliams, and many, many more. And you'll discover how all of that was generated from over 15,000 individual ebook sales at just 99 pence or 99 cents per book. And just in case you're thinking that this might be a late April fools joke, it's definitely not. I'm even going to share screenshots and a full blog post breakdown with you just to demonstrate the numbers and exactly how I've done this. So, welcome to today's show. I'm assuming that got your attention. I've been running this campaign on the quiet for the past two months, and today. I'm going to reveal what I did and how I achieved those numbers. I'm going to dig down into the numbers and give you more detail. But that is my highest gross income month ever, and it was done all without a BookBub deal. I'm going to tease you just a little bit longer, because before I go into the detail of that, I'm going to talk about this week's word count. We'll do the writing stuff first of all. And so on Sunday of this week, I wrote chapter two of how to create and sell digital products. That book is going very well, and what I've decided to do is to do more work on how to create and sell digital products over the weekend, and then hopefully I want to do a little bit more work on it next week. I want to really accelerate the progress on that book. Now, it's been quite useful having this time at home, and also I was due to be doing my quarter two goals preview in this episode, but I'm bumping that till next week. But I have updated my board, and I was thinking very much about what I'm going to be doing in the month ahead, or the three months ahead, and I have decided—I know I've been toing and froing with this—but I have decided now not to revamp my Mailchimp and WordPress books, and not to write the MailerLite version. Now, the reason for that is that I started work on the screenshots for the WordPress book this week, thinking, "Oh, I'll get that updated. It won't take me very long." And so, I'd got about twenty screenshots showing the new interface that you've got to use in WordPress, and so I was all ready to start writing, and then. I can't remember which night it was this week, Um, WordPress did a great big update and everything changed and the look and feel changed. And I thought, you know what? That is the universe telling me to walk away from this for all the reasons that they've agitated me in the past. And that is that when you do tech stuff in that format, it it just takes one update and everything's changed. It doesn't look like it's supposed to. And your book is then obsolete. So, you know, I'm still selling the books um the word not the wordpress but the mailchimp book is always selling well on its own i'm just going to keep selling that it does say right at the top of the blurb for that book that it was updated in 2017 all the time people are happy to buy it it's still all completely relevant uh, it's just the the dashboard i think really has changed mostly but all the the core parts of that book are fine but i have decided this week i am not going to update those how to guides it's just a, a fool's errand i think and you know much as i want to i'm i'm not going to that was partly influenced by the fact that my how to start a podcast book went live on monday and it's been fascinating for me because i submitted that book to ingram spark so when i do non fiction i don't price my non fiction down so the paperbacks are 9.99 and the e are i think they're about three ninety nine in pounds and four ninety nine in u s dollars and i don 't do promos on my nonfiction you just pay full price on non fiction it's it 's a case of you either want it or you don 't it 's different from fiction in terms of the marketing and i so it was already it went live on Amazon on Monday and it went live on as a paperback and it went live as a uh ebook that 's what i 'm trying to say. I have I've purchased some old ISBNs so it's got a proper ISBN on this one rather than an Amazon ISBN. And of course because it's going full price and it won't have any promos on it, I have also listed it on Ingram Spark. So I went through the process with Ingram Spark. That will go on Gardeners and wherever it goes at Ingram Spark. And also because I wanted to list it as as wide as possible, I decided this time around to put it on Publish drive because Published drive will sell it to Google Play will put it on Barm to Noble. I had to unclick Gardeners on Publish drive because i 'm going to let Ingram Spark send me to Gardeners, which in the u k is one of the key distribution chains if you want to get your book into uh, traditional bookshops but but i effectively i 'm just listing it everywhere I listed it in China and everywhere, so it actually felt really good to be able to list a book a non fiction book wide and it felt great also to be putting one of those books on Ingram Spark and it's got a proper ISBN on it it's an official posh kind of book I also got my proofread copy uh, hardback not hardback the paperback copy this week and went through that and that looks great as well and of course Sean Stevens has done the cover and because I've had the the cover produced professionally I've got a PDF cover and it all fits beautifully in Ingram Spark there are no problems with it at all you know it's all formatted in vellum. so no problems at all with that you know when I when I listed that so it was all very uh, easy and, and again you know because that book is I say it's timeless I mean no, nothing in tech is timeless but it's going to be pretty timeless it's not going to be need updating very often at all and even then it's just going to need a tweak and then remember I put all the the support links for that how to start a podcast book they're on a website so again I don't have to go into the book to change most of it I can change most of it on the website so it's much much simplified and the problem always was with the WordPress and the MailChimp book that I'd used screenshots and it was a devil to to get everything lined up so that there weren't great gaps on pages because of these screenshots um, because I'd formatted it in Word so that's it I'm going to walk away from those books and instead of doing the WordPress the MailChimp and a new version of a Mailerite book I'm not going to do those anymore I'm just going to up my speed with create and sell digital products and then the next book after that I was thinking about this when I was jogging around the park this morning it's going to be a self-publishing book and it's the book that I feel like I've got a remit to write bearing in mind what's just happened in the last month in terms of my writing income. I feel like it gives me justification to write this book, because a five-figure month is something that most people would love to have. So that's my thinking with all of this, and I'm just, I think, really excited to have these, inverted commas, proper non-fiction books with, you know, wonderful covers and beautifully formatted inside and none of this hassle with images inside them or anything like that it's a it's a really nice looking book and I'm really pleased to have that out there and I just want to have more of those so I'm going to when I'm doing this work on non-fiction I thought let's just put my efforts into stuff that's going to hang around a while that's going to look great that's going to have a proper ISBN it's going to look really professional and let's get a rack of new books up that aren't going to date rather than just kind of recycling uh, these old books and trying to flog a dead horse basically so that's my decision um, with that uh, but it feels really good to have that podcast book out live now in, in sort of such posh formats now I am promoting it via Amazon ads and Facebook ads at the moment and let me just have a look at the Amazon ads I mean I, I've the Amazon ad should work but I don't think I've got any kind of joy on that at all I'm really struggling to get the ad even firing at the moment let me have a look at the stats and see if that's changed yep I've got so I've got um, two start how to start a podcast adverts on Amazon and I think they're automatic well one's automatic targeting the other's manual targeting got loads of targets on the manual targeting I've got a budget wait for it of three thousand pounds daily I mean that doesn't do anything but um, I've also what I tend to do is I squeeze the time that the ad will run so this ad is down for. Two months, so it's the end of March. It was scheduled for the end of March, thirtieth of March, and it, the end date is the thirty-first of May. So that's roughly sixty days. And then I've put a daily budget of three thousand on it, and that's really just to force it to do something. I have another ad on my thriller box set, a Don't Tell Meg uh, box set, and that's been running since February. And I've got a good ACOS on that, um, so I've I've spent seven pound forty-one on it. I've had 30 orders from it, and I've made, apparently, £24.60 pence in sales, which is an ACOS of 30.12. But that too, I've got an even tighter timescale on that. That ends on the 30th of April, and i got a £3,000 daily budget on it. This is the problem for me always with Amazon. How do I spend my money? I've got an ad that, and a book that's converting, but I can't get rid of it. I, you know, I can't sell enough of them. So that's my perpetual frustration, I'm afraid when I advertise on Amazon. And the Facebook ads at the moment is a little bit too early to say. It always takes the Facebook ads a little while just to get going. So uh, that's it with my, this week's kind of writing and editing news. So I, I hope, I, something's been distracting me this week. I'll, I'll tell you about it in a moment or two. Um, something's been distracting, but I'm hoping, hoping to have a solid kind of week of writing non-fiction from Saturday. That's what I'm hoping to do. Unless I get distracted by this thing that has been, diverting my gaze this week so we are going to get to the big news don't worry personal news first just to update you the family are all home now I drove down to pick up child number one from university last week it, it couldn't have gone better actually uh, the roads were, were quiet actually they were quiet coming through Cumbria and then as I passed Preston it got a, a little bit busier than I felt that it should have been it was like a ghost town driving through Cumbria down the M6 But um, when I passed Preston, there were not, you know, not that many, but but more than I think there should have been uh, cars on the road. I can tell you, I have never felt as appreciative as I did on that journey, seeing the lorries on the road. I've never had such a sense of lorries keeping a supply chain going. And I just, all I felt when I was driving down is that massive sense of gratitude. Every one of those lorries is delivering something. And I'd never thought of the supply chain like that and how much we need that to continue right now. So usually I'm cursing lorries because they're splashing me, uh, hemming me in or I'm trying to get past that. And I won't do that again. I've learned the error of my ways. I've, I, it just really changes your perception of the world, what we're going through at the moment. So yeah, I really appreciate lorries big time now. And when we got to the university, it couldn't have gone better because when I dropped child number one off, was it in September? The parking around there was appalling. They, you know, Bearing in mind you've got loads of parents dropping kids off with loads of rubbish at the back of the car, it was double yellow lines all over the place. There was nowhere to park at all. So I, I'd been cussing in September, talking about how poorly thought out that was. I would got child number one all primed. I said, I want you to have everything ready. I want no surprises. I want the room cleaned. And I want you to get me a trolley so that we can take all the stuff down, load it in the car, and I can be on my way. I barely want to touch the sides and that's exactly what had been done, everything was ready to go, there were no hitches, there was a trolley waiting for me, and there was a parking space right next to the door, Um, now I don't know whose parking space it was, I mean it had to be something to do with the student accommodation, but the little post was down, so I thought right I'm only there for 20 minutes, I'm having that, and I parked right next to the door, so we were in and out there in about half an hour, didn't see anybody else, it was just me and child one loading car, and then I was straight off, so There and back, you know, it took me about five hours on Friday. And interesting, I didn't get stopped. I thought I might get stopped or pulled over, but none of that at all. No, no sign of police pulling people over or anything like that. So, I'm really relieved that that's done. I have no reason to go out anymore. That that was the last thing. That there's there is an issue potentially with child two uh, having to go and pick up the gear from the room. But that frankly could sit and wait as far as I'm concerned because until we're all allowed to come from lockdown, uh, it'd take a brave soul to tell you that you've got to come and pick that stuff up at the moment, I think, for fear of, of public shaming and embarrassment. So I suspect... They might cool it with that, but we'll have to see where we are. It doesn't have to go till mid-June, but we'll see where we are. But I have no intention of driving up there or going up on the train just to pick up uh, you know, quilt covers and things like that um, when child number two is staying in that room and has paid the deposit for next year already. So I will expect some flexibility over that. So I'm hoping we're kind of stuck in now. That's pretty well it. I mean, so I, I'm out for a morning run every day and uh, my wife goes to do a big shop once a week, and where we live, um, the shopping is is great at the moment, all, everything's stocked up, it's all very calm, I've never been as pleased as I have been to to live in the north either, because it's very calm in the north, it's all very settled, I wouldn't want to be living in London at the moment, I can imagine it gets a bit frantic in London, but living in the north, it's great at the moment, I'm very pleased to be living where I am. So yeah, my morning routine then is I'm up early, listening to the news as you do, go out for a morning run, come back for a cup of tea, getting some work done over sort of you know 10.30ish to about three-ish, and then I'm joining my mum online to play Scrabble, I'm having some great games of Scrabble. By the way, it's a game called um, Scrabble with, not Scrabble with Friends, Words with Friends. It's, you know, for copyright reasons, it's not called Scrabble, but it is effectively Scrabble. And we're playing this and we're loving it. We have some brilliant games, and I've got my mum set up now so that... She, You have to play it through Facebook. And my mum never wanted to be on Facebook. So I've set up Face. She doesn't even know she's on Facebook. All she sees when she plays, I've set it up. So she just sees the game ball. And I've simplified it as much as possible. And also she's on a Chromebook. And I have one of these remote assistants um gizmos so we've got into the routine now that we Skype and connect on Skype so we can chat I remote connect to her Chromebook and then I just make sure that she's got the game sorted out and I can if I've remote connected I can just deal with any technical queries that she's got but uh, my mum has been playing Scrabble for years and she's very good at it And uh, she likes this game more than Scrabble. We're having a whale of a time. And to be honest, it's working very well for me because I just sit here at my desk. I've got Skype open. I've got mum on screen one. And on screen two, I'm usually just doing something that doesn't take too much attention. So in between the the turns, I'm busy myself with something minor. And then I I come and take my turn. And we're just chatting away while we do it. So it's worked really well because mum's in the house on her own. She, She said today, I think she's getting a bit bored. Um she's got uh, trouble with her knees and so she's a bit restricted with the mobility. So I think she's beginning to go a bit stir crazy. And I think the Scrabble games are, uh, you know, probably part of her uh, keeping her sanity while she's in lockdown. Um, But I'll show you, I finally, I managed to beat my mum in one game. She's, She's a devil to play with. She's so good at Scrabble. And um, I managed to win a game and, and won it really well. So I've been screenshotting the, the game boards. So I'll put the game board on the show notes for this week so I can at least celebrate having won a game against my mum. She beat, she beat me again today too. So yeah, this new kind of routine, it's much more relaxed for me, but um, I'm, re- I'm really enjoying it. And now that the clients have, have died down, to be honest with you, I probably won't take on, A lot of clients now, Um, you know, I'm happier. I like the routine. I must admit, I like the routine. It's a lot more relaxed and I am still getting uh, plenty of work done. My main work hours are about sort of 10.30 till three-ish. And then I work after tea from about seven till nine, getting plenty of work done during the day but also plenty of of leisure time. I'm enjoying the slower start to the day and just hanging around chatting and having a a couple of cups of tea before we start while my wife's at home. So I'm quite happy with that. You know, it's working really well for me. I feel like I've got a really balanced day. So um, I'll also tell you something that this will give you a laugh. Um, I can't even remember how I started, but I've set up an internet radio station. You, You can set radio stations up online now that live stream. And I was... I know. I was I was listening to somebody who plays something popped up in Facebook. You know what it's like on the internet. Somebody put something on Facebook, and he was playing some tracks from a band I liked, and so I l- listened to his internet radio station. And actually, I heard the funniest thing I've ever heard because you know this guy's just doing it from his basement or wherever he does it from they're not they're not professionals but he was playing this tune and he clicked a button and this tune suddenly started going backwards it was going what's the Beatles song whether so something start sounds like it's going backwards at the beginning and um, and he couldn't work out how to make the song go forward it's the funniest thing I've heard But um, it just made me sort of think, you know, it doesn't really matter anymore. I mean, you know, the guy was playing good tunes. You just knew he got into a technical fix. It didn't matter. Um, Everybody would have been having a giggle at it. And he put it right and and he carried on. And I just thought, you know, that sounds like great fun. And I just thought, how how do they do this? Let's have a look at how you make these internet radio stations. And, well... To cut a long story short, that's what I I was supposed to be writing today. I've set up my own internet radio station. I've been testing it. Um, I've basically set it up so it's going to go on air uh, you know later today for a test I'm just running some tests at the moment uh, so you can go on you can go on air with a pre-recorded program where you just add all the music and it automatically plays it and you can go on air with some live programs and um, I tested the live program today I was broadcasting it live and then I could listen back to myself on my mobile phone um, and I've got myself a license I just splashed out on a license so I could do it legally um, you know and, and play pay the musicians, obviously, because I want everything to be above board. and That, that doesn't cost very much. It's, it's UK only, by the way, and I won't be sharing the link because it's just a little bit of fun on my part. But um, yeah, that's what's distracted me. So when I said to you that I'm hoping to be writing from Saturday all next week, I might get distracted by the internet radio station because I'm really enjoying it. I can't believe... It's literally, I mean, it's just like what radio was like. When I left, you just used to drag your tunes into a running order and press the button and it played the jingles of the tunes. It was all online. And you could just do this. I've got a free bit of software called it's mix, M-I-X-X-X dot com. Free bit of downloadable software. It gives you the kind of DJ decks. And um, I mean, I don't need any other stuff that all the DJs do now. I just need a crossfade. You know, I need to fade it up, fade it down. Uh, I need a microphone that just knocks the music back when you're talking over the music. And uh, that's all I need. Oh, and pre-fade, so I So you can chew, you can cue up one song while the other's playing. I don't need any of this fancy beat stuff. Um, not the way I do it. Uh, I'm a very, very, very old school the way I do it. So I thought, oh, I won't need all of those buttons. But it, it's just, you know, it's amazing. And I started, my career in radio started, with an old disco deck where we used to do discos. I started doing a disco when I was 16 and I used to wire the disco decks up into my tape recorder. And that's how I did my first radio shows. And that was the first demo that got me into student radio. And then here I am, however many years later, what is it, 34 years later? Now I could just do it for free on my computer absolutely amazing technology, but I won't be telling you where that radio station is or what it's called, and it is UK only, because uh, that was the cheapest rights that I could pay for, so I've limited it um, it geographically to UK only, but um, yeah, if you hear that I haven't got any writing done at all in the next week, then um, you know what's been distracting me. Um, By the way, the reason that I thought, what the heck, I've just taken a day off today, is because of this report that I'm going to be giving you today about the income. And I'm sorry I've kept you waiting so long for that, Um, but I have put this into a special report so I'm just going to give you a summary in the podcast diary so this is pretty well a regular podcast diary episode but you have got a one minute something like one hour 40 minutes of complete breakdown as the episode that follows this you'll see it when you go and look at your phone or have a listen to your podcast it's next in the queue I've done a one hour 40 breakdown of everything that I did to achieve this five-figure income so before we go into this I just want to acknowledge that I know that at this moment in time, a lot of people, and you may be one of them listening to this now, you may find yourself in a precarious financial situation. So I don't for one minute with this want to come over as you know glib or smug in any way when I share this news, because I realise it's come at a time that it's, could be hugely difficult and hugely worrying for a lot of, of people. But I think that if you followed this diary for any length of time, it would be remiss of me to hang on to this any longer. And I'd had a little bit of success with it in February. And in in, uh, March, I just managed to tune everything correctly. And I just felt like it wouldn't be right, bearing in mind the relationship we've built up on this podcast. I mean, you've heard years worth of non-stop failures and we've just had the big public failure of rapid release not working so I figured I was due sharing uh, success with you Uh, you know but it's done without wanting to show off about it Um, it's done in the spirit of sharing and uh, you'll see that I've shared a lot It's also the result of three years of writing thrillers. So it's not something that's just dropped on me from the skies. This is the culmination of a lot of work, as you know, of of writing work. And as you see, when I tell you how it's been achieved, you'll see that if I hadn't done that work, I couldn't have had this five-figure month that I've had. So you're going to get a 90-minute breakdown of this in your podcast feed. And theres I've spent a lot of time creating a blog post for you. If you go to paulteague.com slash March 20, so 20 is the digits, paulteague.com forward slash March 20, you will see a full walkthrough of everything I did with my tips, my tricks, what I did wrong, what I did right, Everything is in that blog post. And what I recommend that you do is you listen to my detailed 90-minute breakdown and you kind of follow the blog along as I'm talking about it. I've described it as like, you know, the director's cut. You know, when you get these DVDs and the director just talks you through it. That's what I've done with the blog post. So let me give you the headline numbers for March 2020 from the box set. Now, to just explain what I did. This was inspired by John Cronshaw. So, John Cronshaw is a friend of the show. I've interviewed him a couple of times. And I listened to John's author diary that he does every week. And I'd just be listening to him. And this was coming after I had done my rapid release. And I was thinking, well, really then, rapid release didn't work brilliantly for me. What am I going to do next? Well, it's going to have to be book bub feature deals. That's really what I'm going to have to rely on in 2020 than writing more books. And then I heard John starting to talk about some success that he was having. And John had written his Ravenglass Chronicles, which are individual books. And I know that, the, he obviously, like all of us, he'd, he'd sold some copies, but it wasn't anything that was exciting him in particularly. And he'd heard from Brandon Ellis um, that this box set formula could work. And so John put, I think he put 12 of his books, 12, 10, I can't remember. He, um, he's put all of his um, the books that he'd written, the shorter books, into... Um, an omnibus edition and he'd done his research into his categories and he'd started to make three to four thousand a month doing this and I was listening to this thinking oh I fancy a bit like that I've got plenty of books to put into an omnibus and eventually I dropped John a line and said how what are you doing you know, tell me your tricks and John did and I started it off in February and got instantly some great results uh, but not as good as I've had in March and because I was doing a lot of testing in February to work out how to try and get things going, I kind of cracked it about 10 days into March. I cracked the Facebook ads and everything like that. And I've managed to generate five figures this month. Now, when I say five figures, let me run through what those um, you know headline numbers are. So my page reads were 1,852,339 page reads. That's, I, I've never had anything near that. think about half a million is the most I've had. The book sales that I had. Now, by the way, when I give you all these numbers, I have excluded all my other books. So I'm only giving you the numbers for my box set, my psychological fiction box set, which has 12 of my books in. So um, I made in March of just that box set. So I've excluded all my other books, remember. So 15,098 sales, book sales. My gross income was 10,000. 188 pounds and 57 pence. Now that's gross income. Uh, I give you all the breakdown about what the net income is, what I managed to keep and how much was spent on ads. I've done all of that in the specially extended episode. But what I need to say to you is that when you go into the Amazon dashboard, Amazon basically give you a, a price prediction, an income prediction based on whether the page reads amount goes down, stays the same, or goes up. So I'm going to give you the numbers I'm going to give you the numbers uh, that decrease, stay the same, or increase. And um, but I've in quoting my figures, I have given you the lowest number that I can give you because I don't want to over dramatise the thing or big it up. But there's a good chance that I'll make more than that. So um, the other thing that I need to mention is that I had a number 15 position in the entire UK Amazon chart. So that that is the biggest chart in in, in Amazon in the UK. I was number 15. So I was surrounded by all these big authors and I've done screenshots. I've got all the sort of screenshot proof and evidence. It's all in that blog post at paulteague.com forward slash March 20. So, you know, I'm astounded by those numbers. So let me just give you what those numbers are. I'm going to give them to you in pounds, dollars and euros so that you can, wherever you are in the world, you'll get a sense of how big these numbers are. So starting with pounds, if there's a decrease in what amazon pay on page reads i've given you that number already it's 10,188 £10, pounds and 57 pence if it's the same as last month my income will be 10,503 pounds and 90 pence if it goes up my income will be 10,819 pounds 23 pence that's put that into dollars so that those of you who work in dollars can get a sense of what this is worth if it's a decrease this month my income will be $12,689.72. If it stays the same, my income is $13,082.46. And if it goes up, my income will be $13,475.20. And then finally, I know we've got lots of people listening in Europe. So let me do it in euros as well. If the amount decreases, it's 11,395.37 euros. If it's the same, then that must be wrong. Hang on, have I got those the wrong way around? I'm looking at my numbers now thinking, hang on, that's not right. So, I wonder if I've got these the wrong way around then. It must be if it's a decrease, it must be 10748.05 euros. If there's a if it's the same, it must be 11395.37 euros. And if there's an increase, it must be 12100.73 euros. So, um, wherever you are in the world, hopefully that should give you an idea, a rough idea of that level of income. Now, again, if you listen to this diary for any length of time, you'll know that the most I've ever really earned in a month has been about £5,000 or thereabouts. That was from a BookBub featured deal. And those were the two first featured deals I did with the Don't Tell Meg trilogy. And the first one was Amazon exclusive. And the second one was wide. And I did really well in Apple and Amazon when I did it wide. And uh, they both pretty well... £5,000 or thereabouts, both of those launches were, so I have doubled my performance. Now, the other thing is, I've no reason to expect that I can keep this up for any length of time, but in theory, having hit a five-figure month, if I can repeat that 10 times, that then is a six-figure year at that point. Now, when I was watching the numbers accruing in my Amazon account, I was I'd first set it at dollars. I thought, right. I was looking at all these parameters, thinking, okay. First of all, let's get past ten thousand dollars, assuming there's an increase in the amount they pay for reads, and then I would say let's keep it the same, then go for a decrease. So I hit, I hit the ten thousand in the most strict way that I could in dollars, and then I moved to pounds, and I, I then said, okay, so if if the if the K E N P amount goes up next month. Let's hit ten thousand pounds when they're paying me at the highest. Now let's go down to the same amount, and then let's go to a decrease. And, and there we are. And I managed to just get it past the post—ten um, thousand one hundred and whatever it is—just uh, in time for this podcast. I was thinking, right, if I break ten thousand, I've got to share this on the podcast. I can't keep this to myself um, any longer. So uh, I'm, pre- I'm feeling, you know, pretty pleased with that. Now I'm going to go. Into the breakdown in that special episode, I'm going to go, you know, chapter and verse, absolutely everything I can tell you about that I will tell you in that extended episode. And you've got a huge blog post. It's really long blog post. It's taken me about sort of, you know, I've done it over about five evenings um, to put everything in there. You've got screenshots, evidence, proof. Everything is in there. You can see what I spent on my Facebook ads. But what I would say to you, if you don't get to that, I just want to flag up, because this is how it worked in internet marketing, is that 10 thousand pounds is gross that that goes into my pocket but from that ten thousand pounds I've got to pay about six thousand pounds in Facebook ads you know again I'll talk to you all about this in, in that special episode so what goes in my pocket is about £4,000 from that, depending on what Amazon end up paying me. I won't know what those final amounts are until I get those checks next month because there's all sorts of factors here that if I'm getting paid in dollars, you know, the dollar might be worth more or less. So there's so many factors. You can only ever estimate that um, income. So, um you know, it, don't it's not 10,000 in my pocket clearly amazon will be paying me 10,000 pound in a couple of months time but a lot of that has to go to pay for my facebook ads and i go into that in great detail in that breakdown episode so i'm feeling pretty pleased with myself i want to thank john cronshaw for sharing that and, and passing on that idea in the, the spirit we're all in this and i would say to you that you know you've got to be able to assemble a box set to be able to do this though in that 90 minute episode that I've recorded, as I say at the beginning, it's about the marketing principles. You might not have a box set like that, but there's lots of marketing principles and tips in that episode as well. So, you know, if you don't have enough for a box set, just take from it what you can with what you've got. And as I said at the beginning, I understand that it's a sensitive time, that a lot of you will be worrying about income, um, you know, about worrying how you're going to make ends meet. Uh, And clearly, from my point of view, it's a very good time for this to happen. It couldn't have been better timing for something like this to happen. But it's shared, you know, in the spirit of we're all. If you listen to this podcast, you're you're doing the work. You you know what work needs to be done, and it's shared in the spirit, hopefully, of helping you and inspiring you to keep going and maybe giving it a try with your books if you've got enough books. So I haven't you know I've left no stone unturned in sharing this. Everything is in there, and if you've got any additional questions about it, you know. If you feel I did miss something, just let me know. Now, I can't even remember when I set these targets. I think it was at the beginning of January, but I set some pretty ambitious targets, saying that really, as a writer now, I'm now I've kind of finished salaried work. I'm looking at the age of fifty-five to sixty, and of course, again, just from a personal point of view, it's lovely to have hit that that goal or that figure in my 55th birthday year. It's just a nice little treat and month too. Um, but I said to you that my, my goals, my ambitious goals as a writer for the next five years were to hit a 25,000 pound annual book income goal. Um, and then I've just actually added some detail to these goals because I'd said to you, I want to get a, I want to have a six figure year and that year needs to be six figures in dollars first and then six figures in, in, in pounds. So I, I've just added to those ambitious targets now. So I want to hit a 25,000 pound annual book income. I want to hit, and I've hit these now, five figures in a month in dollars, five figures in a month in pounds, which I've done my first Annual book income goal is to hit $50,000, then £50,000. Then I want to hit six figures. So that's $100,000 or £100,000. And then other goals I mentioned that I would like to have a book published via a traditional contract, but I'd like somebody to come to me. I'm not going to seek it. So I'd like to have a successful book. And then somebody says to me, We'd like to publish that traditionally. The same with publishing in a foreign territory. I'd like to publish a book in foreign territory or territories, but I'd like somebody to approach me. And also I'd like to sell some film rights. And these, you know, these were ridiculously ambitious targets that I've set between 55 and the age of 60. Then who knows whether I'll get there. But you know, it just feels that I'm a little bit closer, just a little bit closer perhaps to seeing that that 100K goal, that six figure in a year goal is perhaps achievable after all. And if it does come, it doesn't look like it's going to come from the way I thought it was or the way I hoped it was going to come, which was through rapid release, which didn't do very well for me last year. It actually just came out of the blue from just listening to John Cronshaw's podcast, thinking, well, oh, I'll give that a go. It's working for John. See if it works for me. I had very low expectations as I always do. And there's no one more surprised than me that that's hit 10,000 this month. But you know, it's, I'm feeling very pleased with that. And as you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've got to have written the 12 books for the box set to be able to put them together in an omnibus edition. You know, so John is doing the work. He's written the books that allow him to have a box set. And he doesn't just roll up and do that. You know, it takes hours of grit and work and dedication. And you know, because you've been listening to this diary for the last four years, you know, I keep rolling up and doing the work too. So uh, it feels like it's a good, um, you know, reward and recognition from the work that we've done. By the way, I'd have to say to you too that I think that success has very little to do with what's going on in the world at the moment. I actually think it's the offer. That's good. I think it's a combination of all things, as you'll hear in the 90 minute, uh, you know, special episode I've done. I don't think it's, um, you know, coronavirus inverted commas luck. I don't think it's as a consequence of so many people being on lockdown. I think actually the offer is what's done it. And I think, you know, the, the fact that a lot of people are looking for something to read is just a happy uh, coincidence. And I, again, I put happy in, in inverted commas. Um, but I think that this would have done those numbers, whether we were in the situation we're in now, or not and I think it's the marketing and all the components that have led to that £10,000 I don't think it's the current worldwide situation but the current worldwide situation clearly hasn't hindered it It it's the best way to say it so there we are Um, general news now then by the way just a reminder I'm not going to go into it in too much detail this is a diary so you've got the diary update as um, soon as you've listened to this, you've got a 90-minute episode, so you've got plenty to keep you occupied for a while. And please make sure you read the blog post at paulte.com slash, what is it, March 20, March 20. So going on to general news, um, I just thought that in case I have to interrupt this podcast due to, to illness, either on my part or on uh, on the part of the family, I've recorded a couple of specials and put them in the pot. Uh, and if I don't need them touch wood and hopefully I won't need them then I'll just run them as normal episodes at some point basically with the family now now the kids are back home I'm going to count 14 days from the last time I had to do that university pickup so I'm counting it from 14 days last Friday and if we all get to a week well good Friday if you all get to good Friday and nobody in the house is ill we've certainly done nothing that would uh entail us getting ill because we've been on complete lockdown since then and um, if we get to that stage without getting it then you know uh, bad luck aside hopefully nobody should get it because everybody's back from university you know that kind of mixing pot of germs in the house has had time to do whatever it's going to do and if we get 14 days past that point then hopefully touchwood we're okay so i'll think about running them if we get past that point but in the meantime i've got two special episodes recorded. Uh, one is called 10 Things You Need to Know About WordPress. The other one is called 10 Things You Need to Know About Mailchimp. Um, and they're recorded, you know, just sharing lots of tips and tricks to do with Mailchimp and WordPress, basically. And uh, of course, there's a little sales reference to my books, my now out of date books that aren't going to get refreshed. Um, but... Uh, it's just useful standalone information on WordPress and Mailchimp, but those episodes can just drop in any time. They're they're timeless episodes, and as I say, if I don't get to run them in the next month, I'll just pop them in the feed as as bonus episodes at some point. So if you hear one of those episodes coming up, you know that you know either I've been waylaid because of illness within the family, or I've come down with it myself, and I'm just taking some time out. So uh, and don't worry if you hear them. So uh, let's put it this way. If I'm well enough to schedule them, I'm still on two feet. Let's put it that way because they're just held in draft form at the moment. Um, So uh, this is an interesting one. And I do talk about this in the 90 minute special episode, but I have put the, I tried the Walker Bay trilogy for BookBub again this month. And again, you know, this is why I felt that I wanted to share this information with you because there are a lot of things I haven't been telling you because they've been dependent on this secret project. And I feel like, you know, wanting to be transparent every week. I needed to be telling you about this. So I I'd set myself the target of hit 10,000 and then and then let everybody know about it. So um, in terms of the Walker Bay trilogy, I, I submitted it to BookBub and it was rejected. But I have to say, if, if they'd accepted me for a BookBub this month for a featured deal, it would have given me a problem because I've got all my box set is made up of my two psychological thriller trilogies and six standalones. Um, I would be shooting myself in the foot. If I paid $600 for a featured deal, when I do a book bub, I, I give the first part of the trilogy away for free and I make my money on books two and three. Well, the problem is at the moment is I've got this box set that's only 99 pence and cents. And I don't want people looking for books two and three, finding that they can get it really, really cheap in a box set form, and then shooting myself in the foot because I don't make enough money from a book a book deal. So well, you'll hear what I did to mitigate those circumstances, as you would expect, I had a I had a plan up my sleeve um to to, to deal with that. But um I have to say that this month I'm quite pleased I didn't get a featured deal because it would have given me a problem. And this box set selling so well, um, you know, we're two days into April at the time I'm recording this, and I've already made um, £800 in two days on that offer. The reason that the money is, is going so fast at the moment is because, of course, I'm now running it with. Um, an ad set that works I, I've I found the holy grail of of Facebook in that I have ads that work and I'm not even running a very high budget not, not compared to what I have been running so uh, you know at the moment that the, the money's coming in thick and fast um, on that promo so you know I want to keep it going like that for another month if I can squeeze another five figure month out um, of, of that book I'm going to, I'm going to for obvious reasons, because it's very good for cash flow, even if I'm spending a fortune on the, on the ants. You know, it's still my pocket at the end of paying for the ants is great. And um, well, let me go into it in the long episode, because I, I talked to you about the long tail of reads. I go into all the marketing stuff in the other episode. So yeah, Walker Bay Trilogy, just to let you know then, was rejected again by BookBub. So I'm on a bad run with BookBub. So I'm very pleased that this uh, box set promo actually has worked well for me. And Sarah Hardy this week started to promote the so many lies uh, book blog tour this doesn't go live until the 27th of April and its purpose for me really is just to get some good rev- i hope some good reviews on that book when i released that book as part of rapid release didn't do very much got a few good reviews on it but not enough and the purpose of the blog tour well it just i just wanted to go through and review the book one more time uh, just to make it as good, as good, as good as I possibly could. And then the purpose of the blog tour is hopefully just to get some sort of nice four or five star reviews on and just make it look a little bit less Billy No Mates because it's a good little book and and I just didn't do much with it because I was so busy uh, doing the rapid release. Want to mention a couple of podcasts this week. It was great to hear uh, Sarah Painter's Worried Writer podcast pop up in my feed on the first of the month. Uh, that was great. And um, Sarah, I, I'm really enjoying... Like Joanna Penn's and Sarah's personal, uh, you know, thoughts and responses to what's going on, to you know, the coronavirus uh, pandemic at the moment. So it, it's really, I'm really enjoying the personal episodes. So thanks for that, Sarah. I always enjoy listening to the podcast, but I, I'm really enjoying your personal episodes. I love those. Um, and also, uh, Sarah mentioned this on her podcast. This is how, this is how it works, isn't it? It's podcast happy families. Sarah mentioned a new podcast I hadn't heard of that's called the Aspiring Writers Podcast. And I checked that out on my morning run yesterday. And I've just subscribed to that now and I highly recommend it too. So it's a couple of authors who I'm not aware of. I've not heard of them before but they're just chatting about process, what they do, sharing tips. It's the usual thing, but you you can't get enough of it, can you? I can't get enough of hearing people's tips and how they do things and their different techniques. So two podcasts to recommend there, worried Writer with Sarah Painter and the Aspiring Writers Podcast. I put the links on this week's show notes. And just before I move over into the mentions, just a reminder that it's the end of the tax year this year. So I have been working on my accounts. I know I said I've been messing around with this radio station that I've been I've been setting up, naughty me. But uh, I have been getting plenty of work done, and I've gone through my accounts. I've been reconciling all my receipts. And then I'm just going to wait. I'm going to do a little bit of the weekend, and then I shall finalize. I'm very quick with my accounts. I like my accounts done, and I like to know what I owe, and I pay it very quickly. If I owe any tax, it's paid. And it usually gets, see, a lot of people leave their tax um, to, is it October 31st online it needs to be done? And it needs to be done January 31st, if it's paper, I think, if that's correct. And so by the time I always get to the, end of the tax year it's so long since I've submitted mine I always get a bit jittery thinking did I do that because I've so long forgotten it but I'm really sharp off the mark with my tax I as you know I'm on top of all of this I like to know exactly what I owe and I get it paid straight away um, so that everything's settled and I can forget about it for another year so I will be doing my end of year tax a little bit this weekend just a little bit tidying up um, just to make sure I've consistently labeled everything that sort of thing and then I will finalise it when everything is is through. So I need all my bank details and PayPal details to be up to the close of play on the 5th of April. And that doesn't happen until Sunday. So I'll just need to mop up, I think, on the 11th and 12th of April. And then I'll get that submitted to HMRC. And that'll be it done for another year. Okay, let's move on to this week's mentions. Some great mentions this week. Uh, Ian Schofield made me laugh (laughs) last week. I think this came in, I think it came on Saturday. Ian says, um, dear Paul, I enjoyed this morning's podcast as always. I wanted to send my best wishes to you for your birthday. I may have misheard you, um, but I think that you said on the day itself that you and your wife went for a run. at a naturist reserve. It was a nature reserve, Ian. And uh, Ian says, "I, I salute your grit and determination. It's still very chilly down here in North Yorkshire. So consider me genuinely impressed. Now, Believe me, Ian, there's no way am I going running at a naturist reserve, and certainly not in Cumbria at this time of year. So um, that made me laugh. It was very funny. And I also appreciated your piece on the breakfast. And Ian says, I still miss the little chef. I bet lots of you listening to this who live in the UK will remember the little chef. Our favourites were the one at Goat Gap on the A65, just before the road reaches Settle and the one located on the roundabout at the junction of the A1 and the A66. I salivate at the memory. He says, I'm speculating that next week's surprise episode will be Paul Teague, the naked author, good branding, talking about plans for a new non-fiction book, the history of the Olympic breakfast. Can't wait. (laughs) Well, you'll have to wait a little longer, Ian, because there's no way I'm getting my kit off, but I will be eating more uh, breakfast, that's for sure. So thank you for that. That really made me laugh uh, on Saturday when that came in. Uh, also, uh, Julie Stock sent a picture of her birthday cakes. So you can have a look at all these posts, by the way. Uh, not, not Ian's message, because that came in as an email, but the tweets from Julie and everybody else you can see on the show notes. I always embed them on the page so you can have a look. And uh, so Julie said, uh, thanks so much to Paul Teague for the shout out on your podcast today. Glad you had a good birthday. If you remember, Julie and I share a birthday. And we're exactly the same age, apparently. So we're both 32, Julie, which is fascinating, isn't it? Uh, Not only that, but Julie's wedding anniversary is in April, too. So I I had a little exchange with Julie and I said, Surely we're not the same, married on the same day. But we're not. There's a day out, there's a day between our wedding anniversaries. And uh, Julie's shared a picture of some little cakes that her daughter. Uh, Made for her. So, congratulations on your 32nd birthday, uh, Julie. And then Adriana Liccio has uh, sent a a lovely dog, another fantastic picture of Frodo the dog. And uh, Frodo is wondering what the big surprise is going to be in the next podcast. Well, Frodo, now you know. And I hope things are going okay for you, Adriana, in Italy. I've been relieved to see, I know things are still very difficult in Italy, but I've been relieved to see. Uh, that your your numbers at least seem to be, um, you know, have reached their peak now. So I wish you, you every health success and I just hope you've turned a corner now in Italy. And then... Um, Sid Bouvier has uh, contacted me from Japan and sent a little video. um, This is fantastic. We've got listeners all over the world. I, I do love this about podcasting. And Sid says, happy belated birthday, Paul. English breakfast sounds lovely and makes me miss my uni days in London. So presumably, Sid, you know the little chef. If you've been in London, you might remember the little chef. And Sid's listening to the podcast while it's snowing heavily in Tokyo snow that's crazy isn't it so since it's crazy looking forward to the surprise next week where you know what the surprise is and you'll get chapter and verse on it if you go over to that special episode so that is it for another week well unless you go to the next episode in which case there's another 90 minutes of me (laughs) in another podcast but that's it for the podcast diary for this week next week I'll be going through my quarter three no quarter three quarter two goals um, and they'll be a week late but um, obviously I just wanted to bump it because the minute I knew I'd hit those targets in March I wanted to share that information with you as soon as I could in April so wherever you are in the world I hope you and yours are safe and well I will have another diary update for you next Saturday have a great week of writing and bye bye for now Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.